Hey everyone. A few weeks ago, Joe Cole and I dug into what it looks like to be single, dating, and married in our Christian culture. In this episode, we are privileged to have Allison Prime and Liz Shendock to join our discussion from the female perspective. Together, we hope to encounter Christ, culture, and each other. All right, welcome to Encounter Episode 6. Uh, we're doing the follow-up episode from uh, Episode 3, 4, where Cole, Joe, and I talked about the different experiences we've had being single, dating, and married in the Christian culture. And we promised another episode, but it took a little bit of time to get everybody to sit down. And sitting with us tonight, um, we have Allison Prime, my wife, and uh, Liz Shendak. So we have a couple questions, and they're the same questions we asked before, positives and negatives in each. Um, neither of them are comfortable talking. Well, my wife is not super comfortable talking into a mic, so hopefully um, it should <laughs> be good the whole really time. They really loud voices, so I they, just don't they both, know yeah. how to talk right now. <laughs> yeah, so she talks super quick, um, and so uh, that's fine, though. Just talk however. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll put it in half time whenever Allison speaks, and um, <laughs> we'll work it out. Um, so... The they have not listened to our podcast. Um, they have not listened to what we said because we wanted their answers to be, kind of reflect what they actually think instead of be you know tinted or tainted by what we said. And um, so I'm here. Uh, not I'm probably going to interrupt a few times just to get everybody on track. But for the most part, I'm not talking about me at all. I'm just an MC. Um. All right. So we just put our daughter to bed. So it's time to talk about um, what it's like. Um, in the Christian community currently being single. Now, both of you can contribute, but one of you was single more recently. Um, <laughs> my wife and I met in high school and started dating in high school, and I'm 29 now, so it's been a little bit little bit of time. Mm -hmm. um, Liz, it's less than a year ago, right? So it should be... Less than, less than like six months ago. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Liz, if you want to uh, kick us off, just, I guess it would be positives, negatives, struggles, things that have gone right, wrong, memories of things going really wrong. Um, what are your thoughts on what, what was it like being Christian and being single? Yeah, so it's pretty fresh. I've only been in a relationship for three months. And before that, I hadn't really gone on a date for almost like five years, like since my last relationship. And I'd say there's just a lot of pressure, I think, when you're single, like, and a, especially a girl in the Christian community. I think there's always people, like, coming up to you and, like, why are you single? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, like, and I was, you know, I'm, like, I'm 24, so the past couple of years especially, people are, like, you know, you're getting up there in age and you're, and I'm just, like, really? Am I that? Am I that old? And it's just, like, the different pressures of, you know, why aren't you dating anybody? Why aren't you thinking about marriage? And it's like, I feel like we put the stigma that you have to be married at a certain age and, but God really can use you in like this season of singleness. So besides the fact that you are newly single, you have been single for years and all of your friends are getting married around you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that has something to say too. You know, what is it like being a bridesmaid in 15 weddings? Oh, absolutely. A maid of honor in multiple weddings and <laughs> you're still not dating anybody. Yeah. I mean, the pressure, you must have just been like, when is it going to be my turn? Yeah, it was like I, like four out of five of my best, best friends either got engaged or were in serious relationships within the past year and a half, literally. And I was just like, so once everybody started getting engaged and 
having all these serious relationships and you know my mom even like I could tell like she she would never say anything directly to my face but she's kind of like okay Liz like you know what's going on um I actually remember Jody telling me oh sorry shout out Jody she's <laughs> in the podcast tonight um I actually remember Jody telling me one day like is there any single guys at your bible study that Elizabeth could date <sighs> And I'm like, she could. I met her before. I went to your house for Bible study. It was at a wedding. It was a wedding we went to. Yeah. We were in the wedding, and as people were leaving, she was like, "You lead the Bible study, right? Is there anybody?" And I was like, "She could just take her pick. She, whoever's single, she could take her pick." Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, But the thing is, is you think nowadays, like you know, there's so many couples that are getting married young, and it's just because, oh, like you know, I'm a Christian, like, let's just get married because that's the thing to do. But that really should never be the reason. Just because people are saying that as a Christian, get married young, like you shouldn't wait. And you really do want to wait on God's best for you. I always knew that I would like rather be single, like than be in the relationship with someone who I know wasn't right and wasn't someone that God had for me. I and people would even tell me like, even like some of my close friends, like Liz, like, you're so picky. Like, you need to just like put yourself out there and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, but I'm just not that kind of person. I could never just like go out on a date with somebody just like randomly. Like I knew like that I wanted to be intentional. And Have I, you ever considered like going on Christian Mingle? Like before no. you met your boyfriend? I feel like that's such a thing now. No, absolutely not. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, like- I think I'd like maybe like during the pandemic, like played around on like Hinge, like that one, that one. <laughs> that one that one dating oh yeah it was Tori and I and it was like the middle of the pandemic and we were like so bored and we were like let's just go on hinge but it never amounted to anything it's like a dating app oh I don't know yeah I've been married for Um, five years but it never amounted to anything we would never actually like talk to people on it it was just like for fun but I would never I that's not just that's just like not how I would want to meet somebody really this is the preference for you right like yeah like and everybody's like different but I just knew that I didn't want to settle for anything less than God's best for me and if I had to be single for the rest of my life and like it like I would have done it um so being single and being in all these weddings did you feel like pressure on you when you were in them like were your friends I don't know I don't know did you feel like they were pushing you just to date anybody or did you feel like you self-conscious yeah like self-conscious in the weddings or not really. I mean, I I have such a good friendship with all my friends, and I was just, like, so happy for them. I think in the back of my mind, just like any normal person, you're like, okay, like, when's it going to be my turn? But I just knew that God, like, always is going to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask and think. And that's with every part of life. It's not just some things. Like, I believe that everything God gives you is, like, it's supposed to happen a certain way, and, like, he's going to, like, always exceed your expectations. So I was never really... Worried about it. I always knew it would happen in God's timing. So, so knowing your story a little bit, because um, we've been friends for a while, what were some of the signs you were looking for? Because you said you were pretty selective on who you dated. Um, it was five years. So at the end of that five years, what were like, how did you decide to then date? You know, what was, what, what happened? So for me, I've always had like a really strong relationship with the Lord. Like, praise God. Like I was raised in a Christian family and they always you know, had really strong morals and we're always in the church and always involved. So I've always had a really good relationship with God. And I praise God for that because there's some people who, you know, they go through college and they, they go through a bad spell and like, they like lose their relationship with God and they like fall away. And I praise God. I never did that. And so that's always been the foundation of everything in my life. So I knew that had to be the foundation for my next relationship. And 
I'm a firm believer, like the Bible says, like, don't be unequally yoked. And really, they're talking about marriage, like an unbeliever and believer. But for me, my conviction was always like on the level of your like spiritual maturity. Like, I don't think you should be unequally yoked either, because I find that if you're not at least at the same level, or if that person's not more, I find that you're always going to be drugged down. I, my last relationship, it was definitely like, I was the leader. I mm. was like, was always pushing for things and, you know, wanting us to do like this and that. And that's not ever God's intention for a godly relationship. Like the man should always be the one leading. And granted, you have to have your own relationship as well. Um, and like, we've like, Joe and I have talked about that. Like, we don't like study the Bible together at all or anything like that. Cause I believe that's like something sacred, like for marriage, like, you know, they're, you know, the husband's supposed to wash the woman in the word. And I find that people and everybody has their own conviction about it. But for me, when we started dating, I just said like, that's my time with God and that's my time to get close with God. And like, you know, if if it helps, it makes you feel better. He said the same thing separately. So on the same, on the same page there. And, um, I, I think what the clarification I, I gave, I kind of prompted him is that you, pr- you promote each other mm-hmm. to have, to study the word, right, but absolutely. just not together. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, and the thing is, is I wasn't looking for anything at all. Like I said, like I was so content with being single. Like I said, I could have been single for 10 more years. Um, you can go back to it anytime. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope not. <laughs> I don't know what I would do at this point, but, um, no rain and, yet. <laughs> but the thing is, is I, I really, Joe and I have known each other for years now. And you guys know that you all pretty much like pushed us to date and that, but like, I just, I didn't know him at that point. Like I didn't like get to know him on a level like that I did like in the past six months. And he I just, would never meddle in someone else's relationship. <laughs> no, How dare you say? Well, <laughs> I will say too, back to Adam's question of being, what were some things that you were looking for? I mean, he checked your boxes. Like I remember talking to you about oh, who you were interested in and you wanted somebody who had a heart, gorgeous. For, had oh, a heart oh. for the Lord. <laughs> Listen, I thought you were just an MC over there tonight. Sorry. My, I, I only get MCs one, can crack jokes. I only get one episode, so let me have my time. Um, you know, you wanted somebody who um, wanted to do missions. You know, you wanted somebody who had the same heart for the Lord, um, somebody with a good personality. And I remember thinking like, well, that's... <laughs> That's yeah. Joe, you, so, Sam, Vin. Yeah. So Adam, now, I've, literally everybody. So what other besides, Seven. besides being equally yoked, besides um, a heart for missions, was there anything else you were looking for? So, my last relationship, it was a lot of. Um, I had a lot of insecurity. I always felt like I was trying to be someone I wasn't. I was always trying to work out more to look a certain way. I was always trying to be this like kind of dumbed down version of myself. I'm very loud and very obnoxious. Alice and I are like the same person in that way. Like (laughs) we'll just say whatever we think. We'll just laugh obnoxiously. Um, So like I always felt like I was like toning myself down and it like, it really ruined me. Like it broke me for a while. Like, especially like after the relationship, because like I all, I never felt like I was good enough. It was always like, what's wrong with me? Like, how can I, what can I do to make this person like essentially love me and Mm -hmm. like want to be with me? And, and now I know like, that's ridiculous. I never should have thought like that. And, you know, it took a lot of healing down the road, but when we like started talking the past six months and like, we essentially became best friends and I would just do the most ridiculous things in front of him. Like literally like just like 
stupid things like yeah I would Cole's doing the ch the chin pick over there I would like send him like pictures of my chin like my double chin and and he and everybody that's listening that's my friends out there you all know what I'm talking about and he would just like laugh he would just laugh like at bad it. angles of yourself yeah yeah like those. bad angles like he he's would, not into chins that's not what you're yeah okay. he would like I would like FaceTime him like most of the time when we're together at Bible study or like with friends like I don't have makeup on like I was never trying to be someone I wasn't and it was just always my past relationship. I was always trying to be this other person. And really early into us dating, um, he said something to me, Joe, he said something. And it literally like was like, it was the sweetest thing anybody had ever said to me. And it just made me realize like I knew like I was like exactly where it got wanted me to be. But I was kind of just like pouring my heart out to him, like telling him about like my past relationship and how I was always trying to be this like other person. And like, I was never like myself. And he told me, he's like, don't ever change who you are unless you're being sanctified. And mm. when he said that, it literally brought me he to just tears. Won me over. <laughs> <laughs> it literally brought me to tears because I I just I had tried so hard in the past mm. relationship. And once he said that, I knew he never wanted me to be anybody besides like the person God made me to be. Mm. So I was just like, Yeah. I nice. was it was just like mind blowing to me. Um and he still has to remind me of that, like, because, like, I still struggle with, like, some insecurities and everything. But just when he said that, and I encourage, like, other, like, young adults, like, girl and guy out there to never change who you are. You, you shouldn't. Like, God made you, like, the way you're supposed to be. And the right person, like, that mm -hmm. God has for you is going to love every single part of you. Every single flaw, every single great part of you. Like, it's not going to change, like, the way they see you. And they're going to accept you for who you are. And that's how it should be. So. Awesome. All right, do you want to dig back to the dark ages uh, before you met me? That's what that's what I call them. Um, sure. So we met in in high school. So I guess I was sixteen at the time. I don't think I even had my driver's license yet. Um, and I don't really know if I had any serious dating before I met you. I mean, looking back, I feel like there wasn't really any one seriously. Um, however, I will say from the get-go that dating Adam was very different than any of my friends' relationships. Um, I remember even when he went to college, um, people asking, like, have you guys ever broken up or, like, taken a break or split up or needed time? And I was like, no. I mean, from day one, we would say, like, you're probably who I'm going to marry. And, you know, the Lord always had it on our heart that you were it. Um, so I can't, I can't even really remember like what it was like dating you early on. I can't either. I mean, it was, <laughs> I'm sure it was like difficult to, to be dating and we dated for six years before we got married. So, I mean, it's not like it was a couple of, I don't know, months or years where yeah, it's hard not to contribute. So I'm going to, but like w the reason why is because like I graduated uh, high school and away. So we had to do long distance six months after I met you. So at that point it was either like, is this it or is it not? Cause I'm not going to, you know, this is gonna be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was definitely difficult, but, um, I, I feel like the only thing I can think of is when we were dating, like maybe this is kind of going off of Liz's thing. But like when we were dating, I just always felt lifted up by you. So I always just felt like you were a different relationship than like even some of my friends, like their boyfriends or whatever. But I, I really feel this. I'm, I'm horrible at this part because I really can't remember like what it was like to not be with you. Well, it's been 11 years. So we dated for six before we got married. Yeah. And then married for five. Good math. 
You had to do it for me. That's how I know you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do math either. It's really bad. Yeah. So uh, just keep rolling into it then. What about dating? What were your, because um, she kind of covered both in, in the same same answer. What was like the positives, negatives, things that annoyed you about Christian culture while we were dating? Well, because we started dating young, I felt like we had pressure very, very early on to get married. I remember, I don't even know if I was saved at the time yet. And being in the front row of church and this guy, I think I never met, came up behind us and was like, um, so what are your intentions with each other? And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, what is he even asking right now? And then we were at the grocery store once and Adam's doctor walked up to Shout us. Out to Dr. Larrakis, Mercy Medical. Yeah. <laughs> and came up to us and was like, oh, you know, this is great. Are you guys equally yoked? And I'm being like, what does that mean? Like, why is he asking such intimate questions? Like, you don't have been saved for a few months. Yeah, I, I wasn't like up on the Christian lingo, like the biblical, <laughs> you know, I didn't know like verses like the back of my hand. And um, I remember like having a long talk about it in the car and being like, oh, now I get it. But I mean, early on, I felt so much pressure to like get married and, and that I wasn't raised in the Christian community. So I was like, this is crazy. I'm, I'm 17 years old. Are these people nuts? Do you remember how we started that conversation? No. He said, before he said, are you going to He said, I hope you haven't seen his private parts yet because I have. <laughs> oh my God. Because he was my physician since I was a kid. And you were like, What? <laughs> And then he's like, I hope you have it, because that would mean you're unequally yoked. Are you yoked correctly? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I it was blocked like that a, part it was out. More, <laughs> it's a, it was more, um, anyway, go ahead. Um, the other like instance I remember is when Adam was away at school and I would be in church by myself. I remember um, there were times of people coming up to me and being like, you know, do you think his intentions with you are pure? And do you, do you see like you guys getting married? And my answer was always, yeah, like I knew I was going to marry him. But it was crazy the pressure that people who I didn't know put on us like that they felt they knew my husband or they knew me better than I did like they I don't know I don't I just remember being like baffled by people's comments and remarks and even if they were met in such good kind nature it was interesting to to say that you maybe know him better or you maybe are having doubts when you don't know what it's like for him and I so that was interesting to me because I've I'm I remember being like, I kind of, I kind of feel like a little bit of pressure to get married at 18 years old because that's what other people thought was right. And you know, that what we weren't in that place at all. I wasn't even out of high school yet and yeah. you were still in college. So. And I think that's, it's something that we talked about last week was how it's not necessarily that it's bad that Christian you know, brothers and sisters are, are willing to like be personal and be like confrontational about your walk with Christ, but that they felt so liberal to do it on such a personal issue. Like mm -hmm. the example that we gave was like, if you know you walk up to somebody in the church and be like, "Hey, are you honoring your wife?" You know, yeah, and be like, yeah. "That's such a personal question. Like, are right. you building her up?" And ask in front of a bunch of people. You yeah. Know? Well, now I'll tell you though, I find myself being that person. Like, <laughs> I I do. It's it's you know how they was like, "Oh, you turn into your mother." It's I've turned into these women at church. I really have. <laughs> it's true. it's like you. <laughs> it's like. You make it sound like they're a species or something. They are. They're a species of their own. They will protect their own and you better watch yeah. out. But it's true. I really have become that person. I have called out relationships that I mm. felt like weren't going to go anywhere. I've lost friends. Um, but know, the difference by, by is, is you know them. Like I'm talking oh, about yes. like, you know, walking up to like this random elderly couple and be like, are you honoring your wife in the same no, way they would I come know. down and talk to us and they don't know us? That's, like a, that's like a personal relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But I'm saying... I, Still, though, you you know, you kind of find yourself inserting yourself into personal matters when it's maybe not your place. But um, 
praise God, I'm forgiven for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because being single, I remember thinking like one day when we get engaged and, and we get married, these people are just going to be so happy because they've been asking for six years yeah. for us to get married. Um, I remember one woman actually told me at church when Adam wasn't there one day that um, she had sons that could could honor me if if mm. my husband couldn't show up to church or my boyfriend at the time couldn't show up to church with me and I had to sit there alone. I remember thinking like, he's at college. He's he's not like out on the streets. He's just at college <laughs> trying to get his education. Um, that's what I mean. I mean, the pressure, even like talking to Elizabeth, the pressure of being single, even what you have to wear, like, are you going to church on a Sunday ready to meet somebody? I mean, that's crazy. Like, I don't think about that in the morning when I get ready to go to church. I'm lucky mm-hmm. if I like brush my teeth in the morning with a, with a one-year-old. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, like looking back and be like, I don't know if I could be single right now in this Mm-mm. like century. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I was a horrible anything. single person, so I'm surprised you stuck with me. Um, I mean, it was that long ago. I really don't remember it, but, um, well, yeah, yeah th- I mean, you're 30 and we started dating at 17, so yeah. it's half your life. Mm. Lucky you. That's <laughs> right. And Clean. so that's the, so we got the dating kind of perspective where I think, um, Liz was more like you waited longer to, to, to date. Allison, you waited longer to marry because we, six years dating is like mm-hmm. an eternity. What was the saying at, when you went to Christian college for, Ring before spring. spring. Yeah. Before spring, Liz. So, I mean, that's an actual cultural slogan (laughs) in Christianity, right? Yeah. Ring before spring, meaning as a freshman in college, you better be engaged by the spring semester. And I think that's so toxic for relationships. And I think that's why so many young Christian marriages are failing. Like, I personally know of, like, a few in my life right now, just of, like, people that I've grown up with, of people that have gotten married so young, and, like, they already, like are either struggling really, really hard and like on, at the breaking point or have like already gotten divorced. And it's, I think it's because there's so much pressure to get married. And I just don't think that's how it should be. I don't think that's how God wants it to be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it has to be this thing where you get married like right away. And granted, everybody's different. Everybody's situation is different, but I mean, I don't know. We, yeah. We, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I feel like even once you're, you know, before you're married, it's difficult dating somebody for years and, you know, not being able to be at a married level with them. You know what I mean? It is. It's, it's very hard. So I can, I understand the pressure to get married, but at the same time, marriage is not a walk in the park either. I mean, you know, you have to fight every single day for your marriage to make time, especially once you have children, to make time for your husband and, you know, to remember the order of your priorities and, you know, to it's it's not easy so i feel like as as much as you can get to know the ins and outs of somebody prior to marrying them i feel like the better off you know and stronger your marriage will be yeah you brought this up earlier when we were talking before we started doing the podcast yeah i've been stressed about this for multiple weeks so i (laughs) keep bringing it up in like little tidbits to adam like hoping he'll like drop me a bone so i can you know say the right things no no but you were you were talking about how um like it's hard to be single but it's hard to be married young for in the Christian culture as well, because yeah. then you're looked up to oh, and you're yeah. not even like we weren't. I mean, we got married pretty young, but not like, what was, what, how old were we? I was 22. I was 23. Yeah. And uh, tw- I'm in 24. I'm like, anyway. Yeah, you weren't 24. Okay, cool. And um, <laughs> like still maturing in our own faiths and being an example 
that young to people around us. It yeah, like, this, wasn't that easy. And it kind of ties into ministry too. Like when you're married or dating somebody who's very involved in ministry, you're, if you are dating somebody who was just a churchgoer, I feel like you kind of blend into the crowd. But when you're dating somebody who's very involved in ministry and, or you're both involved in ministry, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, mm -hmm. there's pressure in always making sure you like lift your husband up and in, in public, which I'm guilty of not doing like maybe once in our whole marriage. I mean, I don't do it often, but it does. I keep a list. It does. <laughs> it does happen. And I, I remember there was a couple getting married after we had, and they were asking all these questions about, you know, like how do we keep such a good marriage? And I just remember telling her like, it, it is good, but because we work at it, you know, there's, there's fights. Like we do fight. We do argue. There are times where we aren't honoring to each other. There are times where mm. I've made mistakes. And again, praise God that our slate is wiped clean, but it is definitely not easy. And, and there's a lot of pressure to even in church to always be on time, to be at church, to, to be present, to be fellowshipping, to be a good example of your husband or your wife. Um, I mean, I pretty much can't go anywhere in our community at all because my husband is a teacher in our town too. So besides being very involved in our church, um, He's very well known, so it's 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 hard to. So I feel like I always have to put on, like my game face, like when I'm walking into church or I'm walking in, you know. I mean, people will laugh and say like sometimes I don't always have like the nicest face on, so I really have to like focus on that when I'm going into church because I don't want people to feel like I'm not a loving wife or you know he we don't have a great marriage or I'm not this person they can look up to. Um, and then once we're like one on one, I'm always very honest and real, but. You know, you want to feel you want to feel like people can come to you and you want people to feel like, you know, you're not picture perfect, but that's OK. Mm -hmm. Yeah, be authentic. Yeah. I mean, you just don't have the privilege of fading into the yeah. background. Well, which, which I will is, say, though, when we were talking about this earlier, too, I mean, having a daughter definitely changes that. Like I basically took on the role of the background for now. I mean, I was involved in ministry, too. I was a part of Sunday school. I was a part of the nursery um, VBS. I mean, I was very involved. Yeah, I was involved in our in our Bible study, in our small group, and um, having a daughter who goes to bed at seven. I mean, I have to be home. She can't. The dog can't watch her, so <laughs> I have to be home with her. And my husband takes the takes the the role. So right now is his time to serve and um, I'm fed in different ways. But it's definitely you learn to take turns for sure to take turns on things to do, and even. Now, as you know, we're kind of everything, the world's opening up again and, and church is opening up and we're feeling more comfortable. Um, I'll be starting back serving. So we're trying to manage like, how will I be able to serve? And he's serving like, will he have to leave early? You know, how will our schedules work? So it's definitely interesting that, you know, you plan your whole schedule from when you're working and then you plan your whole schedule for church too, so that you guys can both serve. So it's definitely, definitely interesting. So for 15 months I've kind of taken a back seat and allowed him to have his time to to serve and be involved in his ministries and and then we'll and, open and, up and one thing just um that I, we talked about too is one thing that helped us in that process is me asking you to sacrifice yeah. and not expecting it so uh like before we were had Addison it was like all right like what else are we gonna do on a Tuesday like how much how much how many times can we watch the office before like, you know, I don't feel bad leaving you by yourself on a Tuesday and well, a you Thursday. Wouldn't, I would, I would go to, no, well, I know I'm saying worship practice or like, I'm going to help out somebody move right. or like all that stuff. It wasn't ever, it was like, okay, you can, you're an adult. You, you, I never had to feel bad about it. Cause you were yeah. happy to be on your own. Cause you're an mm -hmm. adult. Uh, but now it's like, I'm asking you to sacrifice. Like I'm not helping you put her to bed. I'm not 
So and and I took that for granted in the beginning of having her, and I just kind of was like, all right, I'm doing what I always did, and just kind of you know didn't thank you or appreciate you for that, and that causes friction, you know. And yeah, and I think that's also a little bit to do with the church too, like church culture. Yeah, church, church culture, yeah. like you know, moms and wives. That's that's their role. Moms and wives should be putting their kids to bed and mm. making mm. dinner and making lunch for the next day, and you know, keeping the house and. There, there definitely comes a time where you just feel like your cup is totally overflowing. Mm. And, you know, you just like my mind is never blank. It's, you know, always worried about the next thing, whether it's for Adam or for our daughter. I mean, it's it's interesting that, you know, there's pressure. There's pressure from the stay at home moms. There's pressure from the working moms in church who have it all together. I mean, there's pressure. There's kind of pressure everywhere to just always have it together. And it's definitely not reality. And and there were times where I should have spoken up more. Like I need, I need your help. I don't want to have to sacrifice tonight. I don't, you know, I, I'm tired mm-hmm. too. Or so I think it's interesting because you kind of make your own, make your own way as things go. You know, we, we had trial and error and, you know, we kind of have a rhythm now, but still, I mean, it's yeah, still hard. It's going to change in two yeah, months and it's then still change hard. again. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I just, uh, the point I made is that though, that the, the helpful thing is to be like, all right, I am going to serve tonight. What can I do to make it easier before I go? Thank you for making coming home. Thank you for letting me go tonight, so that I could serve and you know be a, like that appreciation fact instead of just expecting you to fill your role, you know, and like yeah, you know, and just think, walk away. I think that has something to do too with saying why it's so important to be equally yoked. Because if if I wasn't saved or um, if he wasn't saved, I can't imagine understanding that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine walking away and being like, oh, well, my husband just doesn't want to spend time with me. It's like no, my husband's purpose in life is to serve God, and I have to. Mm-hmm allow him to do that and I have to allow him to explore the ministries that God has given him and um so I think that I can't imagine a world where I can't imagine a marriage where that you're not equally yoked because that's got to be so hard yeah yeah so what uh, I guess the question because you're not married yet Mm -hmm. but like what are you looking towards you know like in terms of all of this what do you know your marriage is going to be like you know, like, do you have any models of marriage that you really appreciate? And you're like, I, th- I want that. You know, you want to pull that in. Do you have any, anything? Yeah, in I think, area? I mean, most of the marriages in my life, I've always had like, you know, really godly influences, like my parents, my grandparents, like all the, all the marriages in our church, like all our young adults, like I, I look up to all of you guys, honestly. And I would hope that I could definitely model like every single one of you. I think every marriage is is different, but I think, like Allison said, it's just the, the principles of, you know, being equally yoked and being on the same page about serving. Like I, I can't imagine, you know, we're we're not married, but just just dating even is hard. Like we went on a date last night, and it was like only probably like our third date in like three months. But we're because we're constantly doing things. Like it's either like we're working or we're at the church or we're, or we're spending time with like family in between. It's hard. Like I, so I cannot even imagine having a child like you guys, like I applaud you guys because, and you know, Megan and Vince, like Joe and I were talking about them, like the example they are because they're constantly, you know, now that Gio and Aubrey are older, like, you know, they're always like, they have them at church and everything. They're singing and, on, they're both singing this morning with right, them on the stage. Right. For they're both, practice. they're both singing. And, you know, I think that's so important. And, you know, like, you know, now that Addie's older and like, you know, the pandemic's over now, she is experiencing mm-hmm. that and she can see her dad serving and she's eventually going to see you guys, you know, you serving. And I think that's so important. 
Mm. Um, and it's something you want. You want it. You want absolutely. Kids, yeah. yeah. I because I definitely had that model from my parents. It was like every Sunday morning we were there. Wednesday night we were there. And my dad was a deacon. My mom was always singing and you know involved in other ministries. And I can't imagine not doing that. Like with myself, like Lord willing, one day, um, if that ever happens. And it's just so important for your you know your children to see that serving God is the number one priority. Mm -hmm. Um, and even, you know, if you don't have kids, if God doesn't give you that blessing, like just as a married couple to constantly be serving God, because that's how a good marriage is built. Like if it's Mm -hmm. not built on God, it's, it's, it's going to suffer. And I, I'm sure like you guys can attest to that. Like if you're ever, you know, not in your right walk with God, like I'm sure you can't, Adam, you can't serve her the way she needs to be served Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was definitely times too, like being a new mom and um, being on lockdown all last year. I mean, it was definitely, there were definitely times where I felt like my relationship with the Lord was, was lacking, lacking. And like my priority was my child and my home and my husband. And you can totally feel the weight of that in every Mm -hmm. single aspect. So having somebody, having a husband who is able to kind of reel you back into reality and reel you back to the Lord and, you know, push you to read the word. And there were nights where like I wouldn't be able to sleep and Adam would be like, oh, you know, got to open up your Bible. And it was the most helpful thing because I felt like I was able to be grounded again, like on the days where things were kind of spinning out of control. And even sometimes I would tell him like, I, f- I, I forget like who I am before I was a mom and I forget who I, mm-hmm. I, who I was before, you know, we had our daughter. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like he can kind of always remind me like you know you are who god says you are like it's read his word and you'll remember who you are you'll remember your worth and i feel like that's like you said that's a, that's the example i want like looking looking at my daughter now all i can think is i just hope that she finds somebody like her dad one day who can you know treat her <laughs> treat her the right way <laughs> Cole's over there crying and lead her to the lord <laughs> shout out to her future husband whoever it is i hope you're listening yeah. i'll kill you <laughs> 20 20 uh, will come 40 yeah yeah 20 40 is looking, looking optimistic at this point <laughs> she's in the size of her head no, i'm just kidding um no she's gorgeous um so what would be a like a piece of advice you would give to people like girls in, in different stages of those things so like think back to when you're single dating and possibly married and married like if, if you had like a, a young girl coming up to you in each any of those stages and be like i need some advice about like where I am right now. Like what, what advice would you give a single person, a dating person or a married person like right now? What do you think? Like start a single person. So what, like a, a single girl walks up to you in the church and is like, I'm struggling being single. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, these are the, some things I'm going through and it's just basic stuff. Like what, what advice would you give? Like I, yours, you kind of already given like for, yeah, for just don't, don't settle, patient. don't settle, be patient. And I'd say like, allow God to use you in this singleness because you will never have it back. Once mm. you're yeah. once you're dating somebody, and especially once you're married, like you never get to have that that alone intimacy with God. Like really, yeah. Like it's no, like then sure. that that other person is in the picture. Um, so I would definitely, yeah, don't settle because God really like has your best interest at heart, and that's with everything in your life, relationships, your job, you know, your finances, like every little thing. Like God is in control of it. Um, so if you just give it to Him and just be content with being single also. Cause I find it's mm. like people, they always think that they need more, but it will never satisfy. And you, you don't need more. Like genuinely all you need is Jesus. And it sounds so cliche, but you don't. And until you don't, like if you don't realize that all you need is Jesus, you will never be happy with the right person. 
because like they should never be fulfilling that void in your life. And once you realize that Jesus is enough, then you'll be able to really love the person that God gives you the right way. I feel like I would, I would say the same. I mean, I, I, again, I feel like I don't remember what it's like to be single. And I feel like now being single in the church is so much harder. Um, I feel like I would just stress the fact of being, being exactly who the Lord wants you to be, not wanting to change who you are, not wanting to hide imperfections. Um, there's somebody out there who God has, has planned for you and will use one way or another. Yeah. Cause there are, I mean, there are people that I know cause we all kind of share the same uh, social circles, but have struggled, have been like insecure about being single yeah. and like prayed about it for years, like yeah, maybe a decade before that, before mm-hmm. God just brought someone into their life. And, and there are people that we know in their sixties that prayed that for a long time and, and it never brought, you know, then God never brought someone to their life and he has given them a, a crazy fulfilling life in other ways. And so um, like even the, the missionary that we support at our church, um, she's a single woman in her 60s, and she has served the Lord actively and wholeheartedly her entire life, traveling all over the world, mm-hmm. witnessing to thousands and thousands of people. And I feel like that has something to say, like, let that be your testimony. Like, let that be a part of your testimony when you look back in years to come and just remember exactly where you are and remember the strength of. And, and now you're maybe talking to somebody else who. Like for Elizabeth now, maybe talking or or guiding somebody else who's walking through that season of singleness, and just remember that's a part of your testimony. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give a shout out to anybody that has been inspired, uh, has inspired you over the years, like a a marriage or a person you looked up to? For sure, my mother in law and father in law, um, Patty Prime, Barry Prime. Um, I remember. I mean, my parents were absolutely wonderful, but. You know, it wasn't always a perfect marriage. And, of course, my mother-in-law and father-in-law weren't either. But um, having a marriage that was definitely founded in in the Word was so, so fulfilling to see and so exactly where I wanted to lead, where I could see my heart being and where I could see my future being. I remember um, sitting at, at the kitchen table and my father-in-law saying to like, my mother-in-law, like, oh, did you do your devotion this morning? Did you have time for that this morning? Like, were you able to get it done? And like, what a testament that he cared more about if she was able to be filled in the morning than like if she got the chores done around the house or whatever. You know, it was just mm-hmm. what a wonderful thing. So I feel like they are a wonderful example of um, a godly marriage. They used to have um, <laughs> they used to have um, youth group at their house for how long, hun? Years. Uh, the entire time I was in it. Yeah, so at least years, four years, years and years there. I mean, they would constantly serve together um so i just feel like they were a wonderful wonderful f- marriage to be around yeah, and it's, it's interesting just to, as a side note to see the different like you said it's your own it's your own walk and i think every couple um has if you find your callings first and then you you find a way to make those callings work together every couple should look different because mm-hmm. they're Absolutely. individuals in those couples so like uh pastor Vince and diane looked very different than my parents marriage but yeah. it was amazing like diane's very outspoken she has her she has her own ministries like my mom was like the quiet servant kind of person like she mm-hmm. was always in children's ministry like making crafts for him and <laughs> doing that kind of stuff and you know my dad was the quiet one who, d- who did bible studies pastor Vince is up there preaching and yeah. you know is more renowned and i'm sure like your dad serves i'm not sure how what your mom's model was like for you but like mm-hmm. it looks different right. and that's not Everybody's bad different. that's good mm-hmm. you know and it's interesting to hear when you guys are talking about the models of, of people that you looked up to how they found, like, I think an essential part of the, each of those good examples is that they found themselves in Christ first. Right. 
And that's what I was going to say, the advice like to a dating person too, is just because you have this other person now doesn't mean that you can like, just like rely on that person. Like God still has to be the center of it. And you still have to have your separate relationships with Christ because yeah, like, even God- for married, I mean, even for married couples out mm-hmm. there or married women out there, I mean, don't forget that, you know, your, your worth isn't in your husband and mm-hmm. your worth isn't in your child. Um, you know, you, you need to remember that it's important that you spend time with the Lord and that your cup is being filled as well. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, not to laugh while we're sitting here because my dog is like licking himself <laughs> and I'm trying to stop him so you don't hear in the recording. <laughs> and now he's crawling onto Liz. Um, yeah, so finding your, your value. Um, did you, Liz, did you have any, I, I know you talked about your mom and dad already as a, as a cool model for marriage. Was there anybody else you could think of that you'd and shout out to? So you can tell them to listen to this so we can add one listener to our nine people that listen. <laughs> well, I was thinking of my grandparents, but, you know, Pop's not going <laughs> to. But mm-hmm. my, you know, my grandfather was a pastor and my grandmother obviously you know pastor's wife and she was always like such an example she was she had such a servant's heart like my mom told me like she was always like always thinking of the woman in the church and like they were always they would have people over their house like every Sunday night for dinner and there was people like she I guess like one time my grandmother came home and like had like 30 purses like on her hands and like she told my grandfather she was like oh they're for the woman at the church I just bought them they were on sale you know just like little (laughs) things like that and um they just both had such servants hearts and you know just the way they looked at each other I could tell that their love had the foundation of God's love because you can tell the difference of someone who's who's (laughs) Bennett's really giving me a licking over here (laughs) um you can tell like when it's like a true agape love mm-hmm. because like they see like how Christ loves them and then they in turn want to love their spouse or their significant other the way that Christ loves them and that's everything and my grandparents were definitely like such a, a pure example of that so that's awesome mm-hmm. so can you I mean it's just kind of a broad question but I mean in terms of um the church and how we can encourage each other with these different aspects of relationships. Like what do you think the church could do better to, to address um, encouraging people separately? Because I, I don't see it necessarily wrong when people are like, see a, a, a couple because um, what they're assuming, if they see a young couple and they're taking too long to get married, they're assuming they're, they're lusting and, and causing each other to stumble, right? That's has to be the, what their thought process is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're encouraging you to get married so you don't uh, have those lusts. I mean, they're, they're basing it off the, the out-of-context scripture from, that Paul gives in Corinthians. Um, and they're, they're, they're saying that, like, to avoid your lust, which I, I, I appreciate the sentiment. I don't think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, how they're kind of, like, so upfront up, up about it and in your face instead of, like, building a relationship and then, you yeah, know, praying for I you and coaching say. you, you know? I feel like the only way to really change is to make sure you're creating, like, those one-on-one relationships. Mm-hmm. And I know our church is really wonderful and we're, we're really trying to be involved in discipling people, um, which I feel like is really important. So if you're a married woman out there and you feel like there's somebody who's maybe in a relationship that you're not so sure about, I mean, spend the time trying to, to lead them, trying mm-hmm. to get to know them a little bit better. Um, it's hard sometimes to feel like you, you've been there, you've done that, and you have all the answers. So you, you want to offer your advice even when it's not wanted or warranted. But definitely spend time one-on-one. I mean, even in bigger churches than ours, it's, it's really important that you kind of find somebody, find somebody that you feel like you can create a relationship with so that you mm-hmm. can ask those one-on-one questions where you're not coming off of offensive, but you're coming from a place of love. 
Yeah, that's also. I, th- I was trying to get to that with the question about your like people you look up to because fortunately you guys both had parents or in laws that you could look up to, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why essential the church is so essential to to provide ex- multiple examples. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which is what you're talking about, like finding, yeah, yeah. seeking out people at different stages and modeling after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even in small groups or Bible studies or um, women's study or whatever it may be, but. It's, I feel like just creating those deeper one-on-one relationships where you're able to, I, I don't know, Liz, if I would be able to offer you any advice if we would like weren't spending time together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to be intentional. You yeah. Really do. Yeah. Your relationship with your boyfriend is different than maybe any past girlfriends he's had or past mm-hmm. boyfriends you've had. So it's hard to, you know, it's hard to put your foot in unless I, unless I knew you guys and, and yeah. saw you interact and had a relationship with you guys mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like I would hope that, somebody would be able to offer me advice from a place of love if yeah. I wasn't, I don't know, lifting Adam up in public or and I think there people, was a concern. Yeah, and I think people just jump in like right away to the relationship things. It's not even a, like, how are you? Like, how are you mm-hmm. doing? Like, how is your walk? Like, it's just like, oh, what's going on with you two? Like, how is it? Like, oh, like, what's going on with this, with that? It's like, mm-hmm. have you even asked like how I'm doing like personally, like with me? Like, you wouldn't even know if like what if I was having like an internal struggle mm-hmm. or something and like and then that was affecting our relationship. Like I feel like you have to you have to go deeper than just like okay like are you gonna get married soon like or this or that like be more intentional like you can just ha- we're not I feel like we're not like that in the church and like some people are but because mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like there could be a lot of things like internally that a person's going through and it's like so much deeper than their like relationship but mm-hmm. like that's all you're focusing on so it's like how is a person even supposed to process what they're going through? If you're just like, Oh, when are you get married mm-hmm. or how's dating or like, how's your relationship? It's like, okay, like it's good. Like, it's not like, Oh, how's your spiritual walk? Like, you know, how are you doing with God? Cause that mm-hmm. should really be the priority. Yeah. Cause if you're not doing well with God, then obviously your relationship probably is not doing well. Yeah. So I feel like you have to get to the root of it. That's a good point. Cause then the outflow from that would be being in the appropriate stance with your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. If your spiritual walk is correct. Right. So they're treating a symptom rather than the root. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But you, I do appreciate the context. Like it's not condemning people who try yeah. to, you know. But at the same time, there is a better way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I've done it, so I'm. I'm not going to condemn those people. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you? Um. All right. So this is a question that's going to just be difficult for you. It's a, probably the last one. So I uh, can talk about as much as you want, but d- this one's gonna be hard not to talk about too much in depth about thinking about specific people. Um, what you're saying, cause we all know the same people, but, um, if you have someone now that you guys are like, you guys are both in healthy relationships, health, healthy in quotes, just kidding. Um, <laughs> what, um, how would you handle it? If you see a Christian brother or sister that you're in a relationship with, um, that's in an unhealthy relationship. So I'm not talking about the people you're going to, you're walking up to like the random person in Walmart that, you know, that goes to your church and be like, how's your relationship? I'm talking about somebody that you love and care about as a sister, brother in Christ. And you know, they might be in an unhealthy relationship. Um, like, how would you go about that? Do you think it's your, like, how would you go about, I know it's different situational cause you're thinking like, what problem is it? What people are you talking about? But do you think it's your place to talk to them about it? Like, how would you in love, do you think it's your responsibility? Do you get a few people? Do you go to them personally? And do you risk the relationship because you're probably bringing um, some things up that, you know, that might not be easy to take back if they think you think the relationship is. So these are questions I, I, I'm asking because like I, Alice and I have talked to people before about, yeah. um, you know, we knew there was something off and unhealthy and we loved them as people and talked to them. 
Um, and I mean, this happened to two or three different um, couples. And um, and somehow we were at the root of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like we were the only friends they yeah, had no, that were no, willing no, to I'm be like, listen, kidding. there's something super off. Like this yeah. isn't biblical going on. And like met with them and, and, and prayerfully considered it and talked yeah. to them. And two of the three couples were friends with one were not at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they haven't talked to us since. Um, and I, it hurts, but I, I mean, I, I do feel like, I do feel like it's, it's a, it's a responsibility of a fellow believer. If my sister, if my, um, aunt, if my mom, if somebody was going through something horrible, I would definitely, um, bring it up to them. So I feel like the friends that I have said things to, it has, it has been a relationship where I feel comfortable enough to say, these are things I've observed, you know, always make sure that you're spending time with that person to be able to, to put in your own perspective, not just hearsay, not, you know, it's not healthy to talk about relationships to other people unless you're talking to those people directly. Um, most of the time for our, the things that we've brought up, it's like, we've, we've noticed that maybe you guys aren't on the same page. You know, we've noticed that there's there's some differing opinions and, you know, these are these are life changing, Mm -hmm. differing opinions. You know, whether it's do you want kids? Do you not want kids? Do you want to be a full time missionary? Do you not? You know, these are these are life changing questions. So we've definitely brought up the hard ones, but it was always in a place where I felt like. I loved them enough that they would hopefully take it the right way. I was just going to um, say that it has to be done in love. Yeah. And there are times too when, I mean, frustration can definitely get in the middle where they're not hearing you or they're not, they're hearing what they want to hear or they're seeing what they want to see or, you know, maybe you are, you're jaded to, to what you've already seen and you can't unthink that. And, you know, even if their relationship is going better than it did, you've seen things that have scared you in the past and you're not able to look past them. So, I mean, I, I've just, if that is going on, I just think, encouraged to spend as much time with them as you can so that you're able to draw opinions based off of what you've seen mm-hmm. and just call out the behaviors i mean really yeah i agree just stick up for those yeah. those person if you and that's just in general with any brother or sister in christ whether it be a relationship or yeah, not that's what I, was gonna say. I feel like if, this relates to even outside of right, like relationships if you see someone you know treating someone the way they shouldn't be treated you know call them out on it because that's obviously not godly and it's not honoring to him um just looking out for the other person and Honestly, being there for, you know, those people, if you see a relationship struggling, just saying, like, how can I pray for you? Like, what can I do? Like, you know, like I come right back to what we were just saying, being intentional with them and just saying, how can we help you? How can we pray for you? It's also really hard, too, if you feel like you were you're right in what you're saying or, you know, you know that something is going to repeat or, you know, something that bad has happened will just happen again. It's very hard to to not keep inserting yourself after you did once you know I feel like that's a very hard like you've already said what you have to say and they know your opinion on it and you know to keep bringing it up is can really damage a relationship yeah, and I think, I think that, that that's in our experience like bringing it up multiple times is a mistake yeah I think saying it once in love mm-hmm. it's enough that they have the information they know where you stand yeah they can do with um, it what they yeah, want it, but it's I do think it is in it is the most loving thing to do to at least bring it up once yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just because we want to serve with them in the future and like why would you not want them to serve in the best capacity you know we, yeah, we know and I think it's also because there could be hurt there that you're trying to help you know, I mean, there could be hurt that you're helping them avoid or you're helping them to open up a conversation that maybe they wouldn't have unless otherwise prompted. Um, you know, you're helping to stir the pot a little bit and 
kind of get those hard conversations flowing. So, yeah, I mean, the the motto that we adapted early was like, I'd rather have hurt now because divorce has hurt a lot more. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, I mean, it's a good thing to consider. Um, and especially you have to be in a humble place as a couple to approach somebody else because you acknowledge there's flaws in every relationship, right? So you're walking up to them, pointing out one specific thing that you think, you know, is, is an issue, but also be humble and like, we have stuff too. So if you, if Absolutely. you see it, like be, you know, you don't want to create a culture of like everybody yelling at each other, but you do want to be transparent enough and, you know, and willing to accept criticism when it does come your way. Yeah. And I think that's another like toxic thing in Christianity. Like the culture nowadays is they want, they want this, you know, pedestal of what a, a godly marriage should look like. And it should be this and this and this when that's like not real at all. Mm. And, you know, like I can't speak for it cause I'm not married, but I know like Christian couples struggle all the time and they're expected to have this, you know, be this example. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's like, no, like you do have struggles in marriage, but that's like the beauty of it. Cause that's where God works the most is in those struggles. Yeah. Earlier, Adam, actually, when you asked like, what advice would you give to somebody who's single? Like I actually find myself really struggling to give advice to somebody who's single because I've lived it of course, but not in the capacity they have. And that's like telling somebody who's lost a mother that you you can understand what they're going through. Mm -hmm. That's that's extreme. But you know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like I almost can't You're relate. Sort of distance from yeah, it. yeah, and I and I would probably encourage them to find somebody else who was better suited for that question. Mm -hmm. Really, mm -hmm. I mean, I I would be happy to tell you what I think, but also I, I think sometimes it's hard for them to even hear what I have to say because I'm, I've been married for so long and in a relationship for so long. I think that has something to say too. Like maybe I would just direct them to somebody who could better serve their question for where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's back to the relationships. Like what would I do if I knew like someone was struggling with that? That's another thing. Like they shouldn't be afraid to say they're struggling. It, they shouldn't have to like put on the front and like, you know, if they had those issues and everything, like I would hope that they would be able to come to people in the church and be like, we're struggling with this. And because if they're having these struggles now, it's just going to be magnified in marriage when yeah. you, when it comes down to it because then you're living with this person every day. Alice and I were talking about this earlier. Like it's literally completely different when you're married. Like yeah. It's, so it, it's so if you're having these struggles now, I think you really have to look at it and say like, is this right? To be completely honest, because it's just going to get even harder in marriage because people that say marriage isn't hard are pretty much just you know they're lying. Either right lying. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I feel like you should, if you are dating out there or even if you're married, you should surround yourself with a group of people that you feel comfortable and vulnerable enough to be able to tell them, you know, what's going on in your lives, whether it's financial, whether it's spiritual, whether it's whatever it is that you need to be able to go to those people and, and ask for authentic advice and mm -hmm. not just, I mean, praise God, we have the most wonderful pastor and pastor's wife that they, they'll tell us exactly how it is regardless <laughs> regardless if we want to hear it or not they will tell us exactly what the bible says and lead us back to the, the to the word to be able mm. to wash us in that mm. and you know lead us to the correct answer so i feel like find somebody who can do that for you yeah even just this conversation right now that we're having is is so um outlandish to certain christian cultures like churches where like we're asking people you know uh, Oftentimes, the the pastor model that I grew up with before Calvary was, you know, the pastor's wife was to sit and be quiet, and the pastor was to teach, and that was basically the model that they wanted to move forward with the marriage. There was never like any type of, um, 
not that that's wrong that like maybe she wanted to be quiet. I don't know. But, <laughs> um, but the idea that like, there was, there was never any, there was never any way to show weakness in a marriage because you never really showed what marriage was mm -hmm. because you never really saw them interact in public. You never saw them, you know, um, you know, have conversations, uh, have a, give like a dirty glance because he said, to, you know, anything that's like real married couples deal with and, um, to be asking you guys and, and how would you build up sisters in, in Christ? Um, it's cool. And so I appreciate you guys coming on and talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, only being. 28 i feel like any anyone who's older and listening and wants to offer me marriage advice feel free Don't, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um is there any any like last <clears throat> comments or you know how'd we do do you want to give us a reading yeah i want to read i it. think you guys did really well really wow. yeah in you, terms of shocked you guys speaking speed yeah. i was expecting like <laughs> i feel yeah, like i'm hardly right? talking you, i really feel like i had to take a xanax i didn't but i feel like i should have yeah. <laughs> before i came on i speak no, very she took fast three. I'm just i no, yeah i actually feel like I've i'm never so heard boring you to hear right now so slowly. i can see you so intentionally Adam just gave slowly. me eyes a couple times say like you okay no oh yeah i'm like oh yeah i'm good i'm just <laughs> just trying to slow down my words over here yeah no it's great nice job awesome um so well, we don't really pray out loud on the podcast because i always thought that was weird when you like watch a sermon and he prays and like do praying, i pray with and them? you're not right like, you're that's not an old them. prayer like, i agree um so Maddie C uh, does that all but the time. we do pray yeah we do pray before and after um that these words would be edifying and specifically for i mean for girls to hear that and and to hear you guys because you are 29 28 and 24 24 um i'm 29 she's 28 i don't even know how old i am don't oh, Lord, have mercy. um and you know there's probably a lot of people in you know that are in those age brackets in all three stages you know like there's probably single dating and married and at 29 years old and 24 before mm -hmm. and after so hopefully they can glean some wisdom from what you guys said and um move forward and some guys to know how to treat women and understand their experience as a christian as well in the christian mm -hmm. culture yeah i mean i would tell Close any any guy listening to like if imagine if you had a daughter how would you want her to be treated mm -hmm. and i That's always good. adam and i always say that now that we have a daughter like we're praying for her husband from the day she was born that he would just be non-existent that he would just kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness that he would just be a godly <laughs> godly man adam um but yeah, I mean, you know, always remember that that's is somebody's daughter, and if if not, it's still the still God's daughter. So, mm. Mm. preach. All right, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs>